This is Wednesday, December the 2nd, 2020, and welcome to episode number 230 of the WCWS Radio Network's weekly pop culture review show. This is WCWS Outside the Ropes. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you as we get set to talk about, of course, the latest pop culture news and views courtesy of our friends at 411mania.com. Plus, also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be bringing you tonight's pop culture, history, and birthdays from the world, of course, of music, movies, uh, <clears throat> TV, and, of course, sports. And also, ladies and gentlemen, some, uh, also some, uh, of course, get you get you prepped for tonight's revolution by bringing you some little wrestling news tidbits here, of course, to, to of course, round off, round off the evening. If you care to chime in and listen in on what we have to talk about here tonight, please feel free, of course, to give us a call. The phone number, as always, ladies and gentlemen, 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID, uh, <clears throat> 141-387-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here this evening. Without any further ado, further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get started with episode 230 of Outside the Ropes at 6.21 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, as we said, Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020, as we go ahead and go to 411mania.com and, of course, bring you some of the latest stories that they, of course, have, that have had out for, I'm sure, the past couple of days. Uh, we do thank our friends at 411 Mania for allowing us here in the WCWS radio network to read their stories on all of our shows, including, of course, Revolution, Wolfpack, Raw Radio, right here on Outside the Ropes, as well as Power Hour, as well as WCWS this morning. Our first story of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, comes to us from Jeremy Thomas. It came out yesterday as Tyrese Gibson says that he's buried his feud with The Rock over the movie Fast and Furious. Tyrese Gibson and Dwayne DeRock Johnson are good again after their feud over the Fast and Furious franchise, according to Gibson. As you may recall, Gibson was very displeased with Johnson over delays to F9, which he said in 2017 was due to Johnson and Jason Statham's Hobbs and Shaw being fast-tracked. At one point, Gibson even said that he wouldn't be in F9 if Johnson was. They're good now, though, apparently, as Gibson said on Comedy Central's Stir Crazy that they buried the hatchet. Gibson said, me and The Rock pieced up, by, by the way, we talked for like four hours about three weeks ago. He went on to say, while he's not interested in his own spinoff, saying, what's interesting about the Fast and the Furious series is, is it's not about any of us individually. See, we're like the U.N. at this point. Everyone gets to go to the theaters and say, 
he or she looks like me. F9 is set to hit theaters, ladies and gentlemen, on May 28th of next year. <clears throat> but uh, looks like, of course, everything is, as they say, copacetic with, uh, with, of course, Tyrese Gibson and also The Rock over that. Uh, Jeremy Thomas has, also has a story here from yesterday. As Miles Teller is interviewed, asking about playing the son of the character Goose in the movie Top Gun Maverick, and also the film using practical effects over CGI. Miles Teller is set to play the son of Goose in Top Gun Maverick where it finally, when it finally arrives next year, and discussed how important the role to him was more in a new interview with Men's, in a new interview with Men's Journal. Teller co-stars with Tom Cruise, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Glenn Powell, Lewis Pullman, Ed Harris, and Val Kilmer in the film, which opens on July 2nd of next year. Here are some highlights. On the importance of the role for him, Teller says, playing Goose's kid and getting to continue that storyline that was established in such a powerful way all those years ago, there was a lot of history there. I think when audience, the audience realizes the character I play is that tiny kid they saw in the original, it is going to hit. I was able to see it a couple of weeks ago. The movie just blew me away, and my wife said that might be the best film I have ever seen. She was crying multiple times. On the film using practical effects over CGI, he says, I don't think it would be possible to recreate what we did with all the practical flying. You hope to be part of something that lasts forever. I think that we might have done that. It is fun, entertaining, emotional, and high octane. There was a lot of heart in the story, and I can't wait for people to see it. For fans of the original, I think they are going to be grinning from ear to ear the whole time. This is going to give them what they want. On having to pass the Naval Aviation Survival Training Course to prepare for the role, he says, they drag you across the water, they flip you on your, they flip you on your bag, they want to see you able to get out of your harness and much more. It all leads up to the big test they put you through, which is called the dunker, where they put you into a modified helicopter, uh, strap you to a chair in this submerged tank underwater. They blindfold you, give you a chance to grab your last breath, and then they take, take you down under the surface. Once you're under, they start to flip the tank, and you have to prove that you can go through the right operations to get out as calmly as possible. Your partner is in there with you, and together you have to break open the hatch it was like some sort of torture chamber to a degree. So, so there you have about there you have it about that very unique perspective right there. Our next story came out yesterday from Jeremy Thomas as Dave Filoni says the Mandalorian may take place before the end of Star Wars Rebels, uh, which is apparently is being talked about as a possible spoiler. And, of course, they did put a warning on this for us follow for last week's episode of The Mandalorian. Following last week's big reveal on The Mandalorian, executive producer Dave Filoni has weighed in on where the show fits with, within continuity with Star Wars Rebels. As fans know by now, Rosario Dawson appeared in the episode as Ahsoka Tanyo, the Tagruta Jedi, who appeared in both Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Akoska reveals in the episode that she is hunting for Grand Admiral Thrawn, who appear, also appeared in Rebels, 
and Filoni told Vanity Fair that the chronologies of the two shows may overlap a bit. That's not necessarily chronological, Filoni said of the epilogue of Rebels, where Akoska teams with Sabine to search for Ezra, who vanished along with Throne. I think the thing that people will most not understand is, is that they want to go in a linear fashion, but as I learned as a kid, no, nothing in Star Wars really works in a linear fashion. You do episodes 4, 5, and 6, and then 1, 2, and 3, so in the vein of that history, when you look at the epilogue of Rebels, you don't really know how much time has passed, so it's possible that the story I'm telling in The Mandalorian actually takes place prior to that. Possible, I'm saying it's possible. The Mandalorian airs on Disney Plus with episode 6 of season 2 coming up on Friday. So fans of that will definitely get a chance to see that, of course. Of course, here um, this Friday. We talked about, we brought up this story, ladies and gentlemen, on um, on Revolution last night. I wanted to read this because it, it, it came out here, but I'd like to go ahead and point that out again. I did actually post this story on WWUS Entertainment Cavalcade yesterday as well, noting about the about this, one of the stars of the movie Umbrella Academy, Elliot Page, comes out as non-binary and transgender. I'll, I'll go ahead and read the story here again. Jeremy Thomas put it out there yesterday. Umbrella Academy and X-Men Days of Future Past star Elliot Page has announced that he is non-binary and transgender. Page, who was previously known as Ellen Page, if you remember, was also in the movie Juno, by the way, came out on social media on, on Tuesday. He know that their pronouns are, are he, they, and revealed their, their new name in the post. Page is an Oscar nominee for their work in Juno and is currently starring in Netflix's Umbrella Academy, where they play Vanya Hargreaves. He played Kitty Pride in X-Men The Last Stand and X-Men Days of Future Past, and has also starred in the Flatliners remake, also Inception and Super, as well as voicing and doing motion capture for Jody, Jody Holmes in Beyond Two Souls. Paige wrote the following right here. Hi, friends. I want to share with you that I am trans. My pronouns are he, they, and my name is Elliot. I feel lucky to be writing this, to be here, to have arrived at this place in my life. I feel overwhelmingly gratitude for the incredible people who have supported me along this journey. I can't begin to express how remarkable it feels to finally love who I am to pursue my authentic self. I've been endlessly, endlessly inspired by so many in the trans community. Thank you for your courage, your generosity, and ceaselessly working to make this world a more inclusive and compassionate place. I will offer whatever support I can and continue to strive for a more loving and equal society. He went on to ask for patience, noting, my joy is real, but it is also fragile. And noted that he was scared of the evasiveness, the hate, the jokes, and the violence. Pointing out the, the stats of violence against transgender people and how 40 have been murdered just in 2020 and 40% of trans adults attempt suicide. He continued the following. I love that I am trans and I, am, I love that I am queer. And the more I hold myself close and fully embrace who I am, the more I dream, the more my heart grows, and the more I thrive. To all the trans people who deal with harassment, self-loathing, abuse, and the threat of violence every day, I see you, I love you, and I will do everything I can to change this world for the better. Page will continue in their role as Vanya on the Netflix show Per THR. Netflix recently renewed the show for a third season. 
Netflix is currently in the process of updating Page's name on all titles on the service that he is involved in. The service posted to Twitter to comment on Page's announcement, writing, We're so proud of our superhero. We love you, Elliot. Can't wait to see you see you return in Season 3. Page, actually, when he was known as Ellen Page, came out as gay in 2014 at the Time to Thrive conference and has since been an advocate for queer people. His full post, of course, which I just read here, is was already posted yesterday, is um, is on Twitter if you want to check that out, as well as, of course, a picture. So now, ladies and gentlemen, Ellen Page is now known as Elliot Page, just to give you that that heads up right there. Okay. But we do, of course, like I said, we do, of course, like I said, respect that, and we will honor that, of course, as well. Jeremy Thomas also posted this story as well as The Flash. This story came out on Monday, actually. Pauses production on Season 7 after a positive uh, pandemic test. The seventh season of The Flash has been put on a temporary stop of on production after someone working on the show tested positive for the virus. Deadline reports that filming on the series was paused after a team member had, had an asymptomatic diagnosis of the virus, which was confirmed by Warner Brothers TV's testing protocols. The site notes that contact tracing has been initiated and that potential close contacts are self-isolating while Warner Brothers is looking at changes to, to the production schedule in order to resume fi- filming without the affected employee and those contacts. The seventh season is currently in production, which with plans to premiere at mid-season, like much of the CW's other shows. Let's see here. Uh, okay, no, sorry, but this also came out on Monday. Jeremy Thomas has this as the Hawkeye Disney Plus series looks to begin filming, of course, this week. Uh, excuse me. My apologies, folks. Sorry about that. Production appears to be starting this week on the upcoming MCU Hawkeye series that will air on Disney+. The Verge editor Chris Welch posted an image to Twitter of a sign in downtown Brooklyn announcing the start of production for Anchor Point on Wednesday. Anchor Point is the production codename for the Hawkeye show. The series sees Jeremy Renner reprising his role as Clint Barton, and will introduce Kate Bishop as his protege, also named Hawkeye. Haley Steinfeld was reportedly in talks to play the role late last year, though her casting has not yet been confirmed. Amber, Amber Finlayson and Katie Elwood from Troop Zero will direct a block of episodes, as will Reese Thomas, who did Staten Island Summer. The series is expected to debut on Disney Plus next fall. So there you have it there, of course. Kurt, this was posted back on the 26th of November on Twitter by Chris Welch. Let's see here. For those who are fans of Doctor Who, here's a story that came out here on Monday. Doctor Who New Year's special trailer teases Jack Harkness's return and Daleks. The trailer for the Doctor Who New Year's Day special is here with a peat at the return of Jack Harkness and the Daleks. You can see the trailer on this page right here for Revolution of the Daleks, which will air on New Year's Day at 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on BBC America. The episode also features the return of Chris Knopf as the disgraced Jack Robertson, while Succession and Killing Eve's Dame Harriet Waterwheel 
will be making her Doctor Who debut alongside Nathan Stewart Jarrett. It is described as follows. Viewers last saw the 13th Doctor at the end of Season 12, where her fate was left hanging in the balance as she was locked away in a high-security alien prison with no hope of escape. In the upcoming New Year's Day special, Yaz, Ryan, and Graham are far away on Earth and having to carry on with their lives without her. However, they soon discover a disturbing plan forming, a plan which involves a Dalek. How can you fight a Dalek without the Doctor? Even with Captain, J Captain Jack's help, the gang are set to face one of their biggest and most frightening challenges yet. So if you want to check out that, check out this video here, folks, for this. Uh, like I said, it comes out uh, New Year's Day at 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific, or like I said, BBC America. Uh, that's a good channel, by the way, so if you want look into that. Uh, story came out here on Sunday. Um, as coming to Disney Plus in December, the movies Soul, Big, Wreck-It Ralph 2, and more. Hmm. Disney Plus has announced a series and films that are arriving on the service in December, including the premiere of Pixar's Soul, classic titles like Big and Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and more. You can check out the full list right here, and I'm going to read that here momentarily, which also, of course, includes more episodes of The Mandalorian Season 2 and more. On December the 4th, Anastasia, Big, Big Shark's Rule, Man vs. Shark, The Nutcracker in the Four Realms, Sky High, Godmothered, The Mandalorian Chapter 14, Extras Beyond the Clouds Where It All Began, and The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, Keep On Rolling, and The Big Good Wolf. On December 11th, Disney Channel's Epic Holiday Showdown, Disney Holiday Magic Quest, Gender Revolution, A Journey with Katie Couric, Ralph Breaks the Internet, High School Musical, the, the Musical, The Holiday Special, also Safety, The Mandalorian, Chapter 15, Extras, Beyond the Clouds, Meet the Subachicks, and The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, The Brave Little Squire, at an Ordinary Date. On December 18th, Buried Truth of the Maya, Cosmos Possible World, Season 1, Disney Channel Holiday House Party, Disney Parks Sunrise Series, Season 1, Disney Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure Season 3, Eddie the Eagle Into the World Into the Woods, excuse me. Miraculous World New York United Heroes On Point, Arendelle Castle Yule Log, Dory's Reef Cam, Extras Beyond the Clouds Creating Zack's World, The Mandalorian Chapter 16, which is the season finale, and The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, the Winter Finale. And on Christmas Day itself, Max Keeble's Big Move, Soul, Burrow, and Extras Beyond the Clouds, A Musical Miracle. So you look forward to that in December, of course, like on Disney+. Plus. Hey, we did have a passing here to talk about here that actually took place. Uh, the story came out from Jeremy Thomas, of course, on Sunday. As the body actor who played Darth Vader in the Star Wars movies, David Krause, has passed away. One of the men who gave life to, to the one and only Darth Vader, David Krause, sadly has passed away. Deadline reports that Krause, who played the physical presence of Vader in the original Star Wars films, passed away this past Saturday at the age of 85. Details on his passing have not yet been confirmed. 
course, while James Earl Jones provided the voice of Vader, Prowse wore the costume and appeared on camera as the Sith Lord in Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. A former bodybuilder, Prowse was cast in the role due to his 6-foot, six 6-inch six frame. But before that role, he was already known for his participation in bodybuilding contests, as well as playing the Green Cross Codeman, a superhero that, who was created for a road safety campaign for kids in 1975. Even before that, Prowse earned some recognition for his role on screen in such films as Hammers, The Horror of Frankenstein, A Clockwork Orange, and White Cargo, as well as a guest starring role as the Minotaur on a 1972 episode of Doctor Who. It was, of course, the role of Vader that he would become most well-known for, even though he never appeared without his mask. Prowse once said that he was originally told that he would be able to appear on screen in Return of the, of the Jedi for Vader's end scene, but was passed over for that in favor of Sebastian Shaw. Prowse had a variety of health issues, including arthritis, for much of his life and returned for, from public appearances in 2016. His last on-screen screen appearance was a music video for his friend, Welsh musician Jace Lewis. On behalf of 411 Mania, and also I will say, of course, on behalf of the WCWS Radio Network, our condolences, of course, to the family, friends, and many, many fans of Mr. Prowse. Of course, Ballington Management posted on their Twitter account on uh, on Sunday, it is with great regret and heart-wrenching sadness for us and millions of fans around the world to announce that our client, Dave Prowse, MBE, has passed away at the age of 85. Hashtag Dave Prowse, hashtag at Star Wars, hashtag Darth Vader, hashtag Green Cross Codeman, hashtag Iconic, hashtag Actor, hashtag Bodybuilder, hashtag MBE. So you can check that out there too if you wish to look into that. And one more, one more quick story before we move on to our pop culture history and birthdays here, folks. Jeremy Thomas posted this story on, I believe it was Friday, but I'll go ahead and read this as well. Netflix reportedly made $200 million bid for Godzilla vs. Kong, and the film may arrive on HBO Max. Godzilla vs. Kong may be the next blockbuster to hit streaming services as it could land at HBO Max after a massive offer from Netflix. THR reports that Netflix made an offer of over $200 million for the upcoming Legendary Pictures Kaiju film, only to have Warner Media block the deal as they are preparing an offer for their own service. THR reports that Legendary declined comment while a spokesperson for Warner Brothers said that we plan to release Godzilla vs. Kong theatrically next year as scheduled. However, it must be said that such a plan does not preclude the possibility of heading to streaming as the studio is releasing Wonder Woman 1984 on December 25th, both in theaters and on HBO Max for a limited time. THR reports that the offer being figured out by Warner Media and Warner Brothers would likely also include a theatrical release. Godzilla vs. Kong is set for release currently on May 21st of next year. However, it is not clear if theaters will be up and running by that point, and if they are, the MonsterVerse movie could face a host of competition as a ton of major films which were delayed due to the, due to the pandemic will need to release. Legendary financed 75% of the budget for the film, and the Netflix offer will have had a lot of appeal, especially since Netflix doesn't have a presence in China, and the film could have played theatrically, theatrically there. 
Godzilla vs. Kong is directed by Adam Weingart. It stars Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, and Kyle Chandler. It follows up Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and Kong Skull Island. So there you have it there, folks, with, uh, with of course, your pop culture news and views here. We do thank 411 Mania for bringing that here to us here tonight. Let's get, go back to this for 6.43 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, ladies and gentlemen. On <clears throat> Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020, episode 230 of WCWS Outside the Ropes. Uh, Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw on the line right here, folks. As we, of course, uh, continue forward here with our with our uh, <clears throat> pop culture history and birthdays here. As we said, in the world of movies and TV, as well as, of course, music and also sports. Uh, just a quick reminder, ladies and gentlemen, I will let you know that tonight, episode uh, 919 of Revolution will be taking place, 138055 pound. Uh, as we will talk about, in addition to your news and views and history and birthdays, we will also be talking about, ladies and gentlemen, as, as, it be, as they become available, the official, some official results from both AEW Dynamite as well as, of course, NXT. And also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we'll give you some more updates here about some of the whole matches that we have going on here on the WCWS Pay-Per-View Prediction Center page, including, of course, the first quarterfinal matches for the in the NXT US Heritage Cup Championship Tournament that we just started here this weekend. So... We'll let you know about all that tonight on 919 of Revolution here, 138055 pound. Let's start, of course, with our, in the world of music, I'm sorry, in uh, film and TV uh, history here for today, December the 2nd. 1932 on this date, The Adventures of Charlie Chan, first heard on NBC Blue Radio Network. On say 1933, Fred Astaire's first film, Dancing Lady, was released. 1952, the first human birth televised to public was on KOA TV in Denver, Colorado. On this date in 1958, KNOP TV Channel 2 in North Platte, uh, NB, which I believe that would be, I think, New Brunswick, I think. I think that day that might be in Canada, I'm not sure. But it's an NBC affiliate, and they also began broadcasting as well. On this date in 19. 78, Neil Diamond and Barbara Streisand's You Don't Bring Me Flowers hits number one. Say, uh, well, a couple things took place on this date here in 1988. Number one, the Naked Gun, Naked Gun movie based on the TV show Police Squad, of course, starring the late Leslie Nielsen, makes its premiere. And also in 88, ESPN airs its 10,000th edition of Sports Center, making it the most televised cable program in history. And also on this date in 1994, Cobb, a film about baseball player Ty Cobb, which starred Tommy Lee Jones, also premieres. Some birthdays here, of course, in in the in the in the in, um, in the world of, of course of uh, movies and TV. Uh, 1710, Carlo Bernanzi, who was an actor and writer. Um, <clears throat> who was a Camita dell'arte was born in Turin, Italy. He had he passed away in the year 1783. 
1875, on this date, Frank Riker, a German-American actor who was in King Kong and Son of Kong was born in Munich, Germany. He passed away in 1965. On his day in 1884, Ruth Draper, who was an actress and dramatist from America, who was in uh, the, the movie The Italian Lesson, was born in New York City. She sadly passed away in 1956. And also on his day in 1890, William Gaxton, who was an, act, who was an American actor, who was in the movies Destry and Convoy, was born in San Francisco. Sadly, he passed away in 1963. One death to talk about here, ladies and gentlemen, in the, in, in, uh, in, on this day here. Uh, Desi Arnaz, of course, the husband of the late Lucille Ball, uh, passed away on this date in 1986. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. He would have been, he was, uh, it, may, it may be, I'm not sure if the age is accurate or not, but he would have been 69, I think. I believe that's correct. About 68, 69 years old is how Desi Arnaz was when he passed on, like I said, back in 1986. And some weddings that took place here, ladies and gentlemen. On his date in 1926, film director and producer Alfred Hitchcock, who was 27 at the time, Wedge director Alma Reveal, who was also 27, at Brompton Oratory in London. On his date in 1965, comedian Tony Hancock, who was 40 at the time, Mary's publicist Freddie Ross, who was 35 at the time. On his date in the year 2000, Mexican singer Thela, who was 29 at the time, Wedge, the co-owner of Casablanca Records, Tommy Malata, who was 51 at the time, at St. Patrick. And on this day, 2006, Nick Miles, who was, who was, on, it was I believe it was, on, it was a movie or a TV show, Emmerdale, he was 44 at the time, weds St Stephanie Lum at the Roundthorn Country House Hotel in Penrith, England. So there you have it there with your movies and TV history and birthdays there today. Let's go now to the world of music. A lot of interesting moments took place on this on this right here. On his day in 1840, Gaetano Donizetti's opera La Favorita premieres in Paris. On his day in 1877, Camille Saint Saint's opera Samson et Delilah premieres in Weimar. On his day in 1883, Brahms' Third Symphony in F premieres with the Vienna Philharmonic, Philharmonic Orchestra. Hmm. 1885 on this date, the opera known as Regina di, Regina di Saba premieres in Vienna. 1951 on this date, Borscht Capades closes at Royal Theater New York City after 90 performances. 1954 on this date, the, the Hit the Trail opens at Mark Hellinger Theater for only four performances. On this date in 1957, Sam Cooke's single, You Send Me, reaches number one. And on this day in 1969, Buck White opens at George Abbott Theater in New York City for seven performances. Uh, one birthday to talk about here, of course, in music. Happy 39th birthday to uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time, of course, Britney Spears. And, of course, uh, passing here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Aaron Copeland, I think, passed away around at the age, I think, of about 90 years old. 
but he passed away on this date in 1990. He was born in 1900. He passed away in 1990. And of course, the one wedding we did talk about it here before was the next was back in 2000. Mexican singer Thela Thela Thela. How you pronounce it? Like I said, it was 29 at the time. Weds the co-owner of Casablanca Records, Tommy Malata, who was 51 at the time at St. Patrick. So, but uh, let us now go ahead and check our some sports uh, history and birthdays here. And we have quite a bit right here to talk about. On this day in 1887, International Baseball League disbands. Teams of Syracuse, Toronto, Hamilton, and Buffalo formed the International Association. Those in Newark, Jersey City, Wilkes-Barre, and Scranton become the Central League. 1902, Dutch soccer club Beat Quick, later Go Ahead, forms in Deventer. Suffolk, the Suffolk Eagles added in 1971. On stated in 1907, the Association of Football Players and Trainers Union English Professional Football Players Association is formed by Charlie Roberts and Billy Meredith in Manchester, England. On this day in 1907, Canadian World Heavyweight Boxing Champion Tommy Burns retains his title, KO's Englishman Gunnar Moyer, in 10th round at the National Sporting Club at the Covent Garden in London. On this day in 1909, National Hockey Association is formed in Montreal, Original members include Montreal Wanderers and Montreal Canadiens. Becomes NHL after some NHA teams leave due to ownership disagreements and create their own league. On this day in 1916, National Baseball Commission orders that injured players get full pay for duration of their contracts. Injury clause previously let clubs suspend players after 15 days' pay. On this day in 1922, the CFL Grey Cup. Richardson, Richardson Stadium, uh, Kingston, Queens University win first of three straight titles, defeats the Edmonton Elks 13 to 1. And on this day in 1932, Australia ends day one of controversial body line cricket series versus England at 290 to 6 in Sydney. Stan McCabe, 127 NO, finishes at 187 NO. Notorious England fast bowler Harold Larwood takes four wickets. England wins by 10 wickets. Uh, two birthdays to talk about here today. We wish a very happy 47th birthday to tennis star Monica Sellis. And we wish a happy very 37th birthday to uh, Green Bay Packers star Aaron Rodgers. Also in this date, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, I believe he was a football player, John Beliveau. Um, let's see here. Give us just a second here. I believe he was. Let's see, 80. I think he was 83 when he passed away. He passed away six years ago in 2014 on this day. So, So he was about. We'll just, I think he was around 83 years old when he passed away. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, with your, <clears throat> with your, of course, wrestling, um, re wrestling, uh, I'm not wrestling, but pop culture, history, and birthdays here, of course, here uh, for, for today, of course, <clears throat> December the 2nd. 
Let's give this one more time here, folks. 6.54 p.m. Eastern Time on <clears throat> excuse me, on uh, Wednesday, December 12, 2020. Uh, Mr. WCWUS Chad Hinshaw here with episode 230 of WCWUS Outside the Ropes, 1605-562-0444, caller ID 141-387-POUND. Uh, just as a quick quick reminder before we go back into our go back and talk to you about some wrestling news tidbits that have made the wire here. I would like to point out, ladies and gentlemen, if of course you are looking for uh, um, if you're looking for some good movies to watch. Um, Uh, please check out, of course, our page, WCWS Movie Channel, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WCWS Goes Hollywood. Um, yes. As we have just recently just added a few more movies to our lineup here, and you can simply say that, uh, that a lot of them, of course, uh, um, uh, uh, safely said that the movie channel is being safely guarded by the one and only super spy himself, 007 James Bond. That's because we do have several of his, we do have, of course, several of his, uh, several James Bond movies, of course, uh, from, um, from the one that was done by the late George Lazenby to, of course, all the great ones done by the late Sean Connery as well as the late Roger Moore, as well as, of course, uh, some by Timothy Dalton, as well as, of course, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Um, so let me go ahead and I can start rounding off rounding off a, a, lot, of, a, a, a lot of them here to you. Um, tomorrow, for example, Tomorrow Never Dies. The World Is Not Enough. The Living Daylights. Uh, Live and Let Die, Octopussy, Goldfinger, Never Say Never Again, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, You Only Live Twice, Diamonds Are Forever, Thunderball, From Russia with Love, Goldeneye, Dr. No, which was actually the very first, uh, was the very first one starring the late Sean Connery, also License to Kill, uh, which was the other, which was the second one with Timothy Dalton. Also, The Spy Who Loved Me, A View to a Kill, and Moonraker, among all else. Uh, also, we have other movies, of course, ladies and gentlemen, including uh, Malone. With uh, Burt Reynolds, also Eric the Viking, Back to School, uh, Cattle Annie and Little Bridges, The Indian Fighter, um, The King's Speech, uh, Legally Blondes, which was a, I think a sequel to the Reese Witherspoon movie, Legally Blonde, A Reason to Live, A Reason to Die, The Original Rubble Cop from 1987, also Stagecoach, Pirates, Young Billy Young. Um, inherit the wind. Uh, 
God Forgives, I Don't, The Dirty Dozen, The Fatal Mission, Man of the East, Sahara, The White Buffalo, another um, Burt Reynolds classic, uh, White Lightning, as well as the movie Gator. Also, Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Uh, that was a classic. Uh, remember, Fred Ward was in that. Of course, Mr. Mom as well. Baby Boom, Runaway with uh, Tom Selleck. White Lion Fever with Jan Michael Vincent. Spaceballs, as well as, of course, uh, the two uh, volumes of commercials done by the late Jim Varney as the as Ernest P. Royal. Of course, he did Aver. Also, of course, another one was in addition to the, the Bond movies, we also added, of course, the Clint Eastwood classic Hanging High. So definitely check out a lot of those movies here today, ladies and gentlemen. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WCWUS Goes Hollywood to access the WCWUS movie channel. Let us now go to some checking out. Uh, um, a few little notable wrestling stories, and we'll read these same stories uh, t tonight, of course, here on Revolution, but we just wanted to wet your whistle. Um, um, we wanted to wet your whistle here, of course, um, as to... for Revolution 919 coming up later this evening. Jeremy Thomas has this story that came out today as WWE passes 70 million YouTube sus subscribers and thanks, the, and thanks the fans. WWE has hit another milestone for their YouTube account, passing the 70 million subscriber mark. WWE announced on Wednesday that they have surpassed the subscriber mark, noting that they are the fifth most viewed YouTube channel with 52 billion plus views. Here is the full announcement. YouTube's uh, WWE's official YouTube channel surpassed the 70 million subscriber milestone, further solidifying itself as the one of the world's top channels on the site. With more than 70 million total subscribers, WWE ranks as the number one sports channel on YouTube ahead of the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, ESPN, and NASCAR. Today, only five other channels have crossed this milestone, and WWE's YouTube channel is also the fifth most channel in the, in the world with over 52 billion video views. The channel combines premieres of in-ring action highlights from Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, and monthly pay-per-views, incredible access with exclusive interviews, the latest news from WWE Now and live event coverage with WWE kickoffs, watch-alongs, and WWE's new Wednesday morning show, WWE's The Bump. And of course, they posted this on their Twitter account today. They said, "Thank you, WWE Universe." So, we'll, we will send, of course, a hint of congratulations to WWE on that respect, right there. Uh, let's see. I'm sure a lot of folks have probably heard the story about. Now, the, the very first Intercontinental Champion we lost here today, the late Pat Patterson. Jeremy Thomas posted this story today as Les Thatcher shares his memories of Pat Patterson. Les, Les Thatcher shared his memories of the late, of the late Pat Patterson following the WWE Hall of Famer's passing today. Thatcher posted a piece at PW Insider remembering his longtime friend 
who died after a long battle with cancer at the age of 79. Here's the full piece, and of course, here's an excerpt from that. The poster behind me on the wall is from August 8, 1961, in Mountain Park Park Pavilion in New England. And the second match on that card was Pat Patterson versus Les Maladay, later to be Thatcher. Two young guys learning their craft. Pat in his signature purple trunks, robe, and boots as he was a big killer Kowalski fan. And I in my Kelly green jacket and trunks, black boots with a shamrock on the side pushing my Irish heritage. Just a little more than a year and I lies in Buddy Rogers, but only dreaming of being as talented as my idol. This was, this was one of several times I was lucky to work with Pat. We were on a show in North Adams, Massachusetts in a stadium used for boxing exhibitions with pros like Sugar Ray Robinson. The problem is boxers don't take bumps, and that ring was made of railroad ties and concrete blocks. We each took we each took one bump and decided a stand-up match was needed. So, like we said once again, the gentleman we just now heard, Pat Patterson did sadly pass away here today at the age of 79 after a long battle with cancer. Uh, of course, our here at the WWS Radio Network, of course, we send our thoughts and prayers to, of course his family here tonight. Uh, let's see here. Yes, okay. Another story of no, uh, no, another story right here. Jeremy Com- Thomas posted this story as WWE announced that two of the Rascals and also Alex Zane for their new Performance Center class. WWE has announced the latest class of Performance Center recruits, including two of the Rascals, Alex Zane, and more. The company announced the new class on Wednesday that includes Devin Everhart, Aiken, and Zachary Green, also known as Dez and Wentz from the former Impact Wrestling Trio. The Rascals exited Impact Wrestling on good terms last month. Here are some of the here here is the the announcement: Desmond Xavier, Zachary Wentz, Alex Zane among new recruits. Reporting to WWE Performance Center. The latest class of recruits has reported for training at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. The group brings a wide array of experience to the WWE Performance Center, including independent and international wrestling experience as well as in professional sports. Devion Everhart Aiken, better known to fans as Desmond Xavier, brings a dazzling array of aerial offense to the Performance Center. Aiken, a nine year veteran of the Square Circle, has competed for promotions including Combat Zone Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, and Impact Wrestling. Zachary Green, also known as Zachary Wentz, is a frequent tag team partner of Aikens. The 26-year-old Ohio native is also a former MMA fighter. Alex Brandenburg competed under the name Alex Zane on the independent scene. The Kentucky native has made a name for himself in promotions like Game Changer Wrestling, Black Label Pro, and Ring of Honor during his 15-year career. Sojiro Aikman Haguchi, the 26-year-old wrestler from Japan, who was trained by former United States and WWE Tag Team Champion Tajiri, and has competed for Wrestle One and All Japan Pro Wrestling. 23-year-old Georgia native Andrea Howard played college basketball at Mississippi State and Texas A&M. She was selected in the 2019 WNBA Draft and played professionally for the Seattle Storm. Russ Taylor of Phelan, California, brings plenty of global experience to the WWE PC. Taylor has competed for WXW in Germany, as well as in Japan and across the United States. 
For more information, of course, on the Performance Center, visit www.performancecenter.com. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Harris has this story here as Raw sees a drop in ratings and viewership for this past Monday's episode, which of course was on November the 30th. The Raw ratings and viewership numbers emerged this week are now available for show Buzz Daily. Last Monday's episode averaged 1.741 million viewers. That's down from last week's average viewing audience of 1.808 million viewers. For the hourly breakdown, the first hour drew 1.824 million viewers. Hour 2 drew 1.763 million viewers. And Hour 3 drew 1.632 million viewers. In the key 18 to 49 ratings demographic, Hour 1 drew a 0.56 rating to rank number 4 for the night. Hour 2 finished with a 0.53 rating to rank number 5 in the range for the evening. Finally, hour number three drew a 0.49 rating to rank number six for the evening in the cable top 150 rankings. Raw finished this week with an average 0.52 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, which is down from the average 0.56 rating for last week. Of course, no surprise, the ESPN Monday Night Football game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles was the ratings leader in the key demo. The show finished with a 3 point. 4-0 rating and total viewership with 11.376 million viewers. The NFL and ESPN broadcast also toppled the viewership for the evening. Of course, I think WWE, of course, would probably get a little bit tired of probably being second banana to that. Uh, Joseph Lee posts this story here as Kenta posts an interesting message ahead of AEW Dynamite. New Japan Pro Wrestling star Kenta posted an interesting message ahead of tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. He wrote on Twitter, What's going to happen on Wednesday? Fans have speculated about a possible interaction between Kenta and John Moxley, as Kenta is currently the number one contender for the IWGP US Heavyweight title, a title that Moxley holds in addition to the AEW World title. Moxley has not defended the title, and according to Tony Khan, he won't be at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom to do so. Moxley is set to face Kenny Omega for the AEW title tonight on Dynamite. And of course, Kenta posted this on Twitter. What's going to happen on Wednesday? So, we'll have to wait and see what happens there, folks. Jeremy Thomas posted this story as Allison Kay was interviewed on near, was, was asked about nearly retiring in 2018 due to blood clots and also being considered a veteran. Allison Kay has never seriously considered retirement, but there was one time she thought she might be forced to retire due to having blood clots in her lungs. Kay was a guest in the latest episode of Taylor Wilde's Wild On podcast and discussed being considered a veteran these days, as well as the scary period in 2018 when she was diagnosed with blood clots and thinking she might have to retire. Fortunately, it cleared up and she is still competing, but it was a difficult moment for her. Here are some some highlights and the full audio right here, of course, on this page. On being considered a veteran, Allison Kay says, It's weird. Yeah, it doesn't register still. Like, I'm starting to slowly realize I'm no longer the baby in the locker room. I look around and I'm like, oh, no, I'm the vet. Do I use that word? I don't know. 
Sometimes I just remember coming up sometimes it was used, it was used like a dirty word. I think just because some people would be self-proclaimed as a vet, and you know just because you've been wrestling for a certain amount of time doesn't mean you have doesn't mean you have the experience or it doesn't mean you're a good teacher. Doesn't mean a lot of things. I mean, of course you want to be respectful to everyone. But I just remember coming up and sometimes it was used it was used to use like a bad word. So I feel weird. I don't want to be one of those people who are self-proclaimed. If people want to call me that, go ahead. If, only if she's considered retirement, Allison K says, not really. I mean, people have always, uh, always have those thoughts. I think it's normal. I definitely ha I have had the thoughts, but I never seriously considered retiring. The one time I thought I might have to prematurely, too prematurely, it's over 2018. I was diagnosed with blood clots in my lungs, and that was actually right at the end of an impact taping. I ended up in the hospital for three days, and I had to be on blood thinners for six months. My contract with Impact expired during that time, so I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to wrestle again. I had to go to a hematologist and get a bunch of different testing to determine to, to determine whether they felt like this was caused genetically or was caused like by like outside medication, things like that. I think it's pretty obvious since I'm still wrestling that it wasn't genetic. Thank God. But that was up in the air for those six months is, am I ever going to wrestle again? Because if I had to sit stay on blood thinners for the rest of my life, it would have been very, very stupid for me to continue to wrestle. So the any type of hemorrhaging could be the end of could be the end if you're on major blood thinners like that. I've been cut. I've been busted up into wrestling so many so many times, even something internal that I didn't know. You know, if I get hit in the head, then I could have a brain leak. So that I could have have ended my entire career. But other than that, I didn't, don't see myself ever not being involved in wrestling in some capacity. So definitely, definitely, of course, listen to that podcast, of course, done by former Impact Knockout uh, Taylor Wild, if you want to check that out. Uh, Jeremy Thomas has this story came out last night. As we have the results from the debut of NWA Shockwave, uh, as Nick Aldis defends world title against Mike Bennett and more. Uh, let's see here. The debut episode of NWA Shockwave aired on Tuesday featuring Nick Aldis defending the NWA World Heavyweight title against Mike Bennett and more. Here's the, res the results from the show, which was produced in con conjunction with the United Wrestling Network. Uh, of course, NWA did post some tweets here. I'll just give you the results here. Eli Drake did defeat Jordan Cruz via the move called the Gravy Train. Camille defeats, defeated Heath Monroe via a, a spear. And in the NWA World Heavyweight title match, Nick Aldis retains by defeating Mike Bennett via the King's Leaf Cloverleaf. So, so check. So, so like I said, I, had, I did post that episode, ladies and gentlemen. On our page, NWA US Built on Tradition, if you want like to go back and check that out. So we're going we're trying to keep all of our pages up to date as we possibly can with a lot of classic and current content. So definitely check that out here, folks, if you wish to, of course, look in on that. And one other story, ladies and gentlemen, we will be bringing we bring it right here. Story came out, of course, on Monday. Uh, Jeremy Thomas, as we have an update on Jeff Hardy after a swan time spot on Monday Night Raw. 
Jeff Hardy had a scary moment during his match with Elias on Raw, and a new report has an update on him. Hardy did a swanton onto Elias on last on Monday's episode during their Symphony of Destruction match, and while it looked like he might have hit his head on the steps, he is said to be okay according to Fightful Select. According to the site, Hardy managed to barely clear the steps, and all indications are that he's good. Hardy won the match immediately following the spot. Of course, you can see, of course, through the, the Twitter account by WWE Universe. Uh, the brief clip on WWE's Twitter account cut just before the scary moment. And, of course, uh, of course, they're saying here, Swanton Bomb, hashtag WWE Raw, hashtag Symphony of Destruction, at, at Jeff Hardy Brand, at I am Elias WWE. So check check that out here. Um uh, I do. We do have a trending story, of course. This all, of course, comes up with uh, the the, of course, the passing of the of Hall of Famer Pat Patterson. Joseph Lee posted this story as we have some more reactions to the passing of Pat Patterson, including John Cena, Mick Foley, Roman Reigns, and others. The tributes and reactions from the wrestling world continue to pour in after today's news that Pat Patterson passed away at the age of 79. The latest include posts from John Cena, Mick Foley, and more. Cena wrote the following. Loss is incredibly difficult. Those we love are only truly gone if we stop caring. Pat Patterson lived life as, as it should be lived with passion, love, and purpose. He helped so many and always entertained with a story or, or a joke. He will live on in my life always. Love you, Patrick. Mick Foley added, I just heard the terrible news about the passing of Pat Patterson. I love the man. I could listen to his stories for hours. One of the all-time great wrestlers, one of the best minds in the business, and a dear friend. Roman Reigns said in his, his tweet, A major loss for the at WWE family today. Pat worked alongside my family for years. I was, I was always invested in my success. Brilliant mind for the business and always ready to make a joke at your expense. Rest in peace, Pat. God bless. The Iron Sheik says, uh, of course, said, of course, Pat Patterson, I don't know what to say other than I love you. You have beautiful mind for this business and beautiful heart for this world. My heart is broken. God bless you and your family. Thank you for your friendship. JBL also posted this as well. Loved at WWE Hall of Famer Pat Patterson is a great friend and mentor. The incredible times we had traveling the world, watching him sing karaoke, telling stories, talking golf, or something I'll treasure forever. Love you, Pat. Rest in peace, legend. Kurt Angle mentions, very saddened to hear about the passing of one of my best friends, Pat Patterson. He had an infectious personality where you always wanted to be around him. This photo of Pat at Shawn Michaels and me was from WrestleMania 21. Pat helped us create an incredible story. Hashtag R-I-P-H-O-F-E-R. And the picture is on Kurt Angle's Twitter account. It's on this, on Kurt Angle's Twitter account. You want to see the picture. Dana Brooke posted, Heaven gained an angel as my heart breaks a bit. Pat Patterson would fill a room with laughter. Always sit and make me laugh every week in catering by barking. And people would wonder where the dog was. Would joke with, at Heel Ziegler and I, and most importantly, supported me. Hashtag R.I.P. Pat Patterson. Kayla Braxton report uh, mentions, Wow, what a loss for the at WWE family. There was never a time I saw Pat Patterson backstage at a show or event where he wasn't, wasn't smiling 
We're trying to make people laugh. Thanks for always being kind to me during our interactions. Your bright spirit will be missed. Frankie Kazarian actually says, any, any, any interaction I ever have with Pat Patterson, I'll bet brief, was very enjoyable and an opportunity to learn. Rest in peace to a trailblazer and great professional wrestler, a man who truly broke through barriers and outstanding credit to our business. Godspeed, sir. The Bollywood Boys posted this. This one really hurts. Rest in peace, Pat Patterson. Thank you for the laughs, the stories, and most importantly, paving the way for us Canadian wrestlers. Matt Weinhold posted, Shook to hear the loss of an absolute legend in Pat Patterson from an incredible in-ring career to influencing countless superstars and matches behind the scenes to finally being able to tell his story and his truth after having the high for so long were forever in his debt. Bruce Pritchard posted this on his podcast Twitter account, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. They says, when Pat Patterson would join us for live shows, he would sing Frank Sinatra's My Way. Each and every time, he'd receive a standing ovation. His contributions are immeasurable as a trailblazer in several ways. He did it his way. Thank you, friend. NXT posted this on their Twitter account. A trailblazer, trailblazer, a legend, and a member of our hashtag WWE NXT family, WWE Hall of Famer Pat Patterson will be missed. Uh, Natalia posts on her Twitter account, Pat Patterson knew at WWE was his home, away from home, a place where he felt completely accepted and truly loved. Someone like Pat made all the difference because he wasn't afraid to be himself and he made no apologies for it. Pat did it his way. Rest in power, Pat. WWE on Fox posted this on their Twitter account. WWE has announced that hashtag at WWE Hall of Famer and the first ever Intercontinental Champion Pat Patterson has passed away. Impact Wrestling posted on their Twitter account. We are deeply saddened to learn of the passing of wrestling legend Pat Patterson. We offer our condolences to his friends and family. Major League Wrestling posted this on their Twitter account. We are saddened to hear of the passing of the legendary Pat Patterson. Our thoughts are with Pat's friends, family, and fans. Uh, Gail Kim posted, wow, can 2020 just be over? I didn't know Pat that well, but was lucky enough to have a chance to work with him in WWE. I have nothing but fond memories of his stories and jokes backstage. Thank you, Pat Patterson. Rest in peace. Uh, Miss Bliss posted on her uh, Twitter account, this really hurts my heart. Hashtag RIP Pat Patterson. Matt Hardy posted, Sad and alert of Pat Patterson's passing this morning. Pat was a true visionary when it came to the psychology behind pro wrestling. He also evolved with an op- evolved with an open mind as times and styles changed. I always look forward to Pat's karaoke gatherings after Montreal. Rest in peace gimmick. Lance Dorado posted, Hashtag Pat Patterson was a great wrestler. He was the reason why I got my butt into shape and was always kind to my children. For that, I thank you. Hashtag RIP Pat Patterson. Paul Heyman posted, I don't have the words to properly convey the respect and admiration I have for Pat Patterson. Whatever I can offer is simply not enough. Hashtag RIP Pat Patterson. Your contributions to our lives will forever be appreciated. Uh, Paige posted this on her Twitter account saying, oh, this man was such a, was such a good day. RIP Pat 
Now you're up there singing with Dusty again. We're talking about the late American Dream, Dusty Rose. Bray Wyatt posted says, Dear Pat, I said I saw you we were at MSG. You told me that that I had found my way, that I had made it. You told me that Blackjack would be proud if he could see me. I'll never forget it. Thank you, Pat. It meant more than you that you know. Rest well, my friend. Uh, Naomi posted on her Twitter account, going to miss him sitting at the monitor, joking all the time, his honesty and knowledge that he would so freely give because he wanted to help talent, his spirit and energy was one of a kind <clears throat> and will forever be remembered and missed. Rest easy, Pat. Uh, Apollo Cruz, uh, I believe this is, yes, posted hashtag RIP Pat Patterson. Sammy Zane posted on his Twitter account, so much to say and so many stories to share about Pat Patterson. Now I'll just say this. When I got to NXT, no one was a bigger supporter, advocate, or believer in me than Pat Patterson. No one went to bat for me more than him. I feel lucky to have had him in my life. Rest in peace. Bully Ray, of course, you know, Bubba Ray Dudley posted, one of the smartest men I ever had the pleasure of working with and learning from, and when it came to finishes, a genius. A gentleman, a friend, a legend, and one hell of a karaoke singer. God bless you, Pat. You will be missed. William Rigo posted, I'm truly saddened to hear about the passing of Pat Patterson. Always helpful, willing to offer advice, funny and kind to me. A legendary career. Big Show posted on his Twitter account, Pat Patterson was a unique, wonderful individual. His passion was inspiring. His favorite rib joke with me was, Paul, do you know who was asking about you the other day? I would reply, who, Pat? He would say, nobody. I loved his wisdom and treasured our friendship. Kane talks, mentions, rest in peace, Pat Patterson. Like so many others, I greatly benefited from Pat's knowledge and passion for the sport. He is an absolute legend. Uh, Court Jester Corbin, of course, Baron Corbin did post this. This was extremely hard hit today. Pat Patterson is a truly a special person. I enjoyed so many wonderful conversations with him throughout my time here, from talking at WWE to playing golf and some horrible jokes in between. This man is one is one I, along with so many others, will truly miss. Seamus posted, no one had more passion for our business or went out of their way to help new talent, myself included, like Pat. Today we lost a legend. You'll be sorely missed, my friend. Titus O'Neill posted, My heart goes out to all of our at, at WWE family. Pat Patterson was truly one of the most creative, thoughtful, and entertaining individuals this world has ever seen. Rest in heaven, Pat. Finn, Pat, Finn Ballard simply posted, Hashtag RIP Pat Patterson. Kalisto posted, Hashtag RIP Pat Patterson. Thank you for your advice and kind words. You will always, we will, uh, will always be grateful. Uh, Matt Cardona posted, Pat, of course, that was, that's used to be, of course, Zach Ryder. Pat Patterson was an absolute legend in and out of the ring. I'll miss him very much. And Leo Rush says, story, story about hashtag Pat Patterson. I pulled up to the arena for Raw and I waited to be carted into the lot. Pat was next to me and said, good luck on your trial match today, kid. I didn't bother telling him that he's met me about five times already. I just said, thank you, sir. Rest in peace. So a lot of people, ladies and gentlemen, of course, showing their their gratitude and their, of course, love for this absolute legend, of course, Pat Patterson, 
sadly, like I say, passed away from, from the long battle with cancer at the age of 79. And we'll do some more talking about that on episode 919 of Revolution coming up here in about an hour and a half, 138055-pound. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening in here today, tonight for episode 230 of WCWS Outside the Ropes. <clears throat> like I said, we'll be on, of course, on Revolution 919 here coming up here at 9 o'clock with your news and views, history and birthdays. Of course, also we'll get you some results in. As, as they come in for, of course, AEW, Dynamite, and NXT. Plus, also, as we just said, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk about, of course, all the, so far, what we have in terms of status as far as the poll matches are concerned on the pay-per-view prediction center page. And we'll do also some talking about uh, the late Pat Patterson, as we just now mentioned here as well, as so many have already talked about, talked about it, not just in WWE, but but folks who I think was, was of course, maybe involved with WWE, before and was able to, to take some value in take good value in of course Mr. Patterson's uh, words of wisdom indeed but it is truly a sad day in the world of wrestling here today <clears throat> thank you very much for listening here folks and we'll be back like I said with episode number 919 of WCW we'll be, of Revolution of course like we said coming up here 138055 pounds of course, right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com. Outside the Ropes, episode 230 is a broadcast of the WCWS Radio Network right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com, where we are, of course, five years older and continuing to be bolder. Radio Network continues to be and will forever remain your pop culture connection. Folks, take care of yourselves and each other. Uh, and we'll definitely see you on the red carpet for next week's edition of Outside the Ropes. Also, don't forget, of course, in dealing with the, dealing with the pandemic here, ladies and gentlemen, just as best always use your best judgment. Of course, my little words of words to live by here. Make sure your hands stay clean. Make sure you keep yourself clean. And definitely do a whole lot of praying, ladies and gentlemen, as, of course, hopefully we'll get over this hurdle. And hopefully 2021 will not be, will not be of course, as on a downward spiral as 2020 has already, has already has proven to be. So we hope to, of course, like I said, have some more uplifting stuff, of course, coming up here in the new year. But we'll definitely be talking about that here in, in, the, in the next few weeks, hopefully. So take care and God bless here, folks. <clears throat> and remember, since 2015, your source for everything in the world of pro wrestling, pop culture, and everything in between. This is, of course, the WCW US Radio Network.
This is the WCW US Radio Network.